All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast, hosted by yourself, Chris and Armando. If this is your first time joining the podcast, thank you for joining. Um, and shout out to everybody out there that's been showing us a lot of love, a lot of support. We really, really appreciate it. Um, you guys can show a little bit more love by subscribing to the podcast. We're dropping a new episode every single Friday of the week. Um, like us and follow us on Instagram, Latin at Latin Wealth. Also share this podcast with one of your friends or one of your family members. We would really, really appreciate it. Armando, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. And you? Good, good, good. So before the podcast, man, we were talking about some of the topics that we can possibly discuss on the episode today. And we we know that um, obviously Armando has been in the stock market for over 10 years now, about 12 years. Um, and we really wanted to come on here and discuss and give you guys some basic information and introduction to the stock market. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. There's a lot of people out there that are like, yo, I already know all I need to know about the stock market. I need advanced <laughs> stuff. But you know what? There's a lot of people in our community, in the Latin community, that just don't even know what time the stock market opens up. They don't even know the days that it's open, right? So, and I know in my household, and you know, in my you know my family, we never st spoke about stocks ever. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but we never spoke about stocks. And I feel like the only time we spoke about stocks is when um, the market was going down and it yeah. was red and it caused panic and you know people putting the fear on uh, the news and whatnot. That was the only time we spoke about the stock market. And I feel like there's a large selection of people out there that just simply don't know the basics to stocks. So we want to give you guys an introduction. And if you guys are advanced to the stock market, share this episode with that friend or that family member that doesn't know too much about the stock market. So we got the expert in here, Armando. He's going to help us break it down today. Um, Armando, where, where do you want to start with the introduction to the stock market? We can yeah, start so, super uh, basic, wherever you want to start. We'll start basic, but I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, in the certain communities. Uh, like the stock market is almost seen as, you know, as some kind of like, like, like pie in the sky dream right because or or, or some kind of like uh, you know game that only the rich can win mm -hmm. right and that's not true at all as actually uh you know you have a, like most people have an equal chance to to be successful at the market it's just about knowledge being controlling those emotions mm -hmm. and being patient right and, and that's that's really what it's about right is that uh and a lot of people like we said is that people just don't understand what they're doing or there's two things they do they don't understand it at all so they they just like kind of run from it because they don't want to, you know, get into that, uh, trying to figure it out mm -hmm. or two, they figure out just a little bit to be dangerous and they go all in mm. and then they lose a lot of money and they say, well, it also scam anyway. I'm done. They mm. walk away. So that's not either, either one of those paths are wrong. You know, is that just, that, that's one of the biggest things I hear from people too. Is really the second point is that they'll get, they'll, they'll just learn how to buy stock. And I'll tell you what happens to most people, right? And this is and people that are listening probably can say that, that if you've traded stocks, this happens, this almost happens to everybody, but it's not about it happening or not happening. It's about what you do afterwards. Mm. A lot of people that start stocks, right? They'll hear it from their friend, uh, maybe a coworker, family, or, or maybe they're a homeboy, a girl or whatever, or send them a text and they'll be like, oh man, or a call or whatever and say, man, this stock is going to go blow up or whatever. Mm. And then they'll buy the stock, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it, it, it sometimes it works. Mm -hmm. Like, like let's say you bought a stock, now all of a sudden you're up 50, 60%. And then they don't know really when to sell. They're like, oh man, well, then, then what happens is because at this point you bought a stock because somebody told you that was the only reason, only, only reason you bought it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's it. So now uh, you don't know anything about it. So there's knowledge gaps in your head, right? So you don't have any, you don't understand what you're doing. So whenever there's gaps of knowledge in your head, you know what creeps into those holes? Emotion, mm-hmm. emotion-based thinking instead of knowledge-based yeah, thinking. Yeah. So now you just got to, maybe you put $1,000 in, now you got 2000 right? So you probably should start thinking about selling, but you don't think like that because you don't understand the right. patterns, how it works, what the risk points are. You don't understand any of that. So what's happening at this point is that now you start dreaming. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it went up two times. Now who say it's not going to go up four times, maybe six times. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll go up a hundred times. And this other stock did it. Then you'll find a stock from three or four years ago. Well, this other stock went up 50 times in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it may do the same thing. And then you'll hold it, hold it. And it could continue to go up and you get excited. And then you get overconfident. Like I'm a stock genius. And I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm up 300%. Right. And I don't need to listen to nobody. And then it starts going down. And then you're like, well, you know, you know, this is what stocks do. I'm a genius, right? I just mm-hmm. flip my money three times, 300%. I, I, you know, go, if it goes down to 200%, I'm still up, you know, then it drops lower. And then you start like worrying like, oh man, maybe mm-hmm. I should, you know, then it drops below where you bought it at, right? Mm-hmm. Then you start, then you start saying, if it just gets back to where I bought it, Break I swear I sell. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you I sell. And then it drops below, you panic, sell, end up losing money on the deal. Mm. And now this is the point what ha- a lot of people say, well, I'm done with stocks. I'm going to walk away. And that's why you lose a lot of people because the experience just shocks them. Like, you know, I, I can't do this. You know, but the, the, the people, the right thing to do there is analyze where you went wrong. And that's in any situation. It's business, uh, finances, even in life and in your career. If something goes wrong, you don't just quit. You say, look, man, I'm going to analyze why I went wrong and I'm going to figure out why I went wrong because obviously I was up just up a lot. So if I was up, that means that I should have done something differently. Mm. And, and that's when you analyze it and try to figure out where you went wrong and you go forward. But most people, that experience just you know makes them just give up. Mm. Love that. Love that. Um, so let's, let's dive into some basic about the stock market. Let's let them know. Let us let let them know like when the stock market is open, the days of the week. Because there's a lot of people that don't even know that basic information, and it's a necessity if you want to jump in the stock market. The uh, stock market opens at nine thirty Eastern Standard Time. Uh, mm-hmm. Stock market is based in New York, so it's always on New York time. Um, and just just to, not to cut not to cut you off, the reason why I wanted to ask that question is because I had seen some video on Instagram where um, he's a He's, uh, he's an influencer and he's big in the stock market, but he goes around asking people like super basic questions yeah. about the stock market. And he was asking people like, what time does it open up? People were like 5 p.m. <laughs> like uh, 5 p.m. on Sunday. Like they just don't know. You know, it's yeah, funny, yeah. but it, it, it's also not. So It's because there's different markets, right? It, True. I guess if you don't know, you would get confused because like, for example, you got the uh, you got the futures market. It op- that does open up on su- Sunday at, okay. uh, you know, earlier. And then you got the Bitcoin market. That's twenty four hours. hours. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you got this. They got the pre marketing stocks, and that's the so the the real market in the stock market is from nine thirty to four, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got the pre market. It happens before that. And you got the after market, which is three. I think it's three hours afterwards. So I, I could see how somebody get confused, but mm-hmm. the the basic trading is done between nine thirty and four or four o'clock that after in afternoon. And it's every every day uh, for five days a week, unless it's a holiday. Yeah, you know, if it's a holiday, it's shut down. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's every other day that's not a holiday, it's open. Mm-hmm. So explain to the people what, for the people that don't know, what is the stock market? Like, so the is, stock this, market. is this like a store where you go into and you just buy and stuff? <laughs> what so, is it? So this is another thing that kind of worried me because, you know, on Instagram, I talk about stocks and assets mm-hmm. and stuff a lot. And a, a lot of people believe 
that uh, the stocks are almost, it, and actually Robinhood's under a lot of heat from this because they people feel like Robinhood promoted this idea of the stock market of it being kind of like a big game. Mm. Like, and people, like, they play in it, a lot of people that are jumping into the market now, they're playing it like some big game. Like, they don't understand what they're trading. They're just trading these symbols. They don't know what they are. Yeah. Now, we have, I want to break down what a stock is. Please right? do. Because people don't understand this, right? Is that when you buy a stock, a stock is ownership share in a company. So, so if I buy one share of Apple, I own what that percentage of Apple. It may be like point zero 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 one because there's a lot of shares out, but I technically own a share of Apple for that point. I own a, I'm sorry, I own I own part of Apple to company. You own part of it, yep. Right. So why would I why would I buy a part of Apple? Because I think that because I'm hoping that the stock goes up mm. because the value of the company goes up. Right. So if I buy a percentage of it and the whole value of the entire company goes up, that little piece that I own goes up, too. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why I'm buying stocks, because I'm hoping that the company itself increases in value. And therefore, my small piece will also increase in value along with the company. Mm -hmm. So that's what it, that's what you're buying. Right. So there's a there's a value to that. Like the overall company divided by the outstanding shares, I mean, all the shares that are on the market. So that's how much your individual piece is worth. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what we're buying. Mm. Right. Okay. So, and I know, um, when you buy, obviously when you buy more shares of stocks, you have more, um, invested into the company. And I mean, if you ever get to the point, you can also make decisions with the company. To, correct? Yeah. So it, you're a shareholder, right? Shareholder, so if I, buy, yeah. I buy, if I buy one share of a company, I'm a shareholder. Mm -hmm. So I can vote for certain things. And like, mm -hmm. and people don't understand this. A lot of people think the CEO is the highest position in the company. Right, the CEO, chief executive officer, and people think that's the highest. Well, the shareholders collectively, if there's more than 50, 51, 50 percent, like fifty point one or whatever, mm -hmm. they can collectively uh, fire the CEO. Mm -hmm. That's how much power shareholders have. Like if wow. fifty fifty point one percent of shareholders say, "Look, man, we're going to vote to get this CEO out. He's gone because mm -hmm. that's more than half the company. The CEO works for the company. The CEO is not an owner. The owner or whoever owns the majority of the shares or whoever owns the shares collectively, I guess. Mm -hmm. Whoever owns the majority has the power, mm -hmm. right? So the, the CEO is actually, he, he reports to the shareholders. Mm -hmm. So that's what those, they have calls every quarter, every year where the CEO has to report, this is what I've done, this is how I'm doing my job. Mm -hmm. So the CEO is not the highest position in a public company. The shareholders are the highest position. So mm -hmm. you, you, yes, you, by you buying a share, you're a shareholder. You can vote on certain things. It, it depends. It varies by company to company. But I give you a good example: uh, Berkshire Hathaway, mm -hmm. and that's uh, Warren Buffett's company. Warren Buffett, yeah, yeah. So if you own one share of uh, Berkshire Hathaway, he has he, every year he throws his big party. He has musical guests. Will Smith was there one year. He has like a celebrity show up. He has all all you can eat food. Go ahead. By the way, the stock. How how much is the stock? <laughs> If that one share, <laughs> so I think it's like three hundred fifty thousand or something. <laughs> so you deserve to be in that part. Yeah, but, that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, no, you know, yeah, it's like I think it's like three eighty or something, yeah. maybe four hundred thousand. I haven't looked at it uh, lately, but yeah, it's expensive. But mm -hmm. you just own one share of yeah. that stock, you, they throw a big party for yeah, you, right? Yeah. So uh, just being a shareholder is powerful. It's not just about you know trying to flip my money or whatever. It's about building wealth long term, and you can use stocks to do mm -hmm. that, right? Absolutely. So for the people out there like, okay, Armando, I, I kind of understand what a stock is. Where can I go to buy these stocks at? Right. Um, and if you want, if you can let us know what, where did you go to buy stocks back in the day? Cause I'm actually curious because back in the day you guys didn't have Robin hood. Yeah. You didn't have none of these apps, right? Yeah. So where did you go to buy stocks back in the day? And where would you recommend people to go get their stocks now? So, 
Well, Rob, so when Robin Hood came out, it changed the game in stocks, mm-hmm. right? Now, I'm going to tell you the simple reason why is because back when I used to trade stocks, uh, you had to trade. Uh, when you bought and shared stocks, it cost you four ninety five each way. Mm. So think about this. If I'm trading $100 in one stocks stock? to buy and sell, so $4.95 to buy, $4.95 to sell. Gotcha. So what is that? It's 10%. Mm-hmm. So if you put $100 into a stock, you if you don't get 10% gain, you don't make nothing. You lose money because you just paid, you know, you have to pay $5 to buy, $5 to sell it. So you had to have a bigger gain, at least fit 12, 13, 40% to make any money at all. Mm-hmm. So what it what that did is it kept small buyers out of the market, right? So if, I, if I'm trading 10,000, the $4 don't matter. You know, this is, was that like, it's, it's not that mm-hmm. much. But if I'm trading $100, that's 5% of my, my total right. investment. So I can't trade small amounts. So Robinhood came out and they did, they don't charge fees. So what that did is it opened the market for smaller investors to come into the market. You know, if I got $500, now it makes sense, you know, to get into the market. So, or $100, I'm going to trade 100 you know. So now it was a big influx of people into the uh, market. But uh, the scary part is a lot of people don't understand what they're doing. They're just in there, you right, know, just right. playing around and stuff. Right, so. right. messing around, yeah. listening to people's opinions and whatnot, like you said earlier. Um, so let us know about some platforms um, that you use to yeah. trade or some that you recommend. I would say recommend. So for beginners, I would recommend Robinhood because okay. Robinhood has a – pretty clean interface and it does like teach you as you're trading like what this is what you know especially with options it teaches you a lot but after like you know three months or so you should probably move on to something else we bull is good for options Mm -hmm. i use e-trade for uh for my trading uh but you should probably move on to something a little bit more uh, advanced because Mm -hmm. um there's other tools in these platforms that allow you to you know practice you know to to manage your risk and uh, make more money more profit uh and also manage your risk a little bit more Robinhood is more for like beginners who just Mm want to you know uh, you know, people that want to trade, like, you know, and want to make their own decisions on the fly, like sell or buy or whatever mm-hmm. like that, especially with options, you have to make your decision in options and Robin, it does know what's called conditional orders. Mm-hmm. Conditional orders are, are used to automate your trading, right? So I can set it and forget it. I can say, mm-hmm. I want to sell at this price. I want to buy at this price. You can do that with stocks on Robin, mm-hmm. but you can't do it with options for whatever reason. So, mm-hmm. um, I would say, you know, if somebody was starting out, I would always start Robinhood. Then I would think about moving it away from Robinhood in about, you know, three months or so. Got you, got you. And for the people out there that are wondering, how how do I make money in the stock market? Like, I understand where to buy it. I understand what a stock is, but how do I make money? Like, how do you, can you put this concept together for people? So it's a lot of ways. Yeah, there's a ton <laughs> of ways. There's there's a ton. There's a yeah. lot of different strategies out there, yeah. but we can break down. Maybe just a couple of them. One stock could have like 15 ways you can make money yeah, off yeah. of it. You can short it, which is making money as it's going down. You can go long, which is making money on the way up. There's derivatives, which are options, futures, and stuff like that, where you can make money based on the movement of the prices. So, uh, so yeah, but the two basic ways you make money on stocks, right, is that there's two types of stocks, and then there's growth and dividend stocks, right? So what a growth company is like Amazon. Mm-hmm. So if I buy a share of Amazon, uh so what I'm hoping for is that Amazon goes up in value, right? So Amazon's a growth company. So what they do is that every quarter, whatever, I don't know when their, you know, whatever they, their earnings are, I think it's every mm-hmm. quarter, but they, uh, whatever profit that Amazon gets, they reinvest it back into the company, therefore growing the company, making it bigger and bigger, right? So in turn, like we talked about earlier, is that because you own a piece of this uh, company, as the value of the overall company goes up by them reinvesting the profits, Mm. your value of your stock goes up too, mm-hmm. right? That's grow, a growth company, right? So, But there's another type of stock out there. 
And these are the two major ways people make money in stocks. There's a lot more, but I just want to talk about these two. Right, right. There's dividend producing stocks. Now, mm-hmm. some companies had a philosophy of where, you know, they don't want, they're not going to reinvest in profits, right? What they're going to do is that because you're a shareholder and because you own part of the company, they're going to divide their profits with all the people that own, you know, own part of this company, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a dividend. Mm-hmm. So every quarter, every month, every year, whatever that dividend term is, you receive a piece of that uh, of the profits mm-hmm. every 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 ter- every term, right? So a lot of people use that. Warren Buffett, that's one of his biggest strategies in building his big portfolio, was by buying dividend stocks mm-hmm. and letting the profit build up. Give us an example of a company that does that. Uh, they're usually older companies, like uh, like like I think Ford gives it, and Walmart gives a dividend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're usually more established companies that are done with the you know the huge growth, right? Mm-hmm. So companies that already have a big footprint, like Walmart. I mean, Walmart's everywhere. They can't really grow that much more. Right. Like the massive growth. They're still growing and innovating, right. but I'm talking like they're not in the massive growth. But Amazon's still in like that massive growth stage where they're trying to get into new markets and stuff, so they need all that profit to get back mm-hmm. into it. That so, makes sense. Uh, so a lot of the older companies that are established, they are dividend stock, dividend-producing stocks. Mm. Okay. So... Um, for the people out there, I know there's different strategies, right? So it, there's people that have, if you, if you have the time, then maybe you can trade options. And if you don't, if you want to kind of just like let it sit and grow, what would be some different strategies that you would recommend to these people out there? I know like, again, there's a bunch of different strategies out there, but let's just keep it basic for people out there. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one time I was, uh, one time back in Tampa, uh, I sat down with a, uh, but one one of my friends works at a major uh, financial firm, right? And he's and this guy's is well, you know, way up there, advanced. And I'm sitting with him at the table, man, and like we're eating or whatever. We're talking about different things, but we get to a point, and he's like, "Hey, man," uh, he he just asked me a question out of the blue. He's like, "What do you think? Like, out of all our accounts we manage, like, who do you think uh, makes the most money?" And this is a few years ago, so I'm like, "Well, you know, what you mean, like billionaires or whatever?" He said, "No, nah, not billionaires." I said, "Well, professional traders." He said, "Not professional traders." He, t- he says, yes. I said, well, I don't know, man. And he says, well, it's people who have either lost their password to their account or they've deceased. Mm. Now, what does that mean? They're not in there fiddling around. You know, mm. <laughs> That's because they put money in there and they left it in there. And those wow. are the best performing accounts that they manage. And that, wow. that tells you that long-term investing uh, and just set it and forget it is the best strategy, you know, long term, mm-hmm. right? And that's where most of my money is it's in long term invest. I don't touch it for year, multiple years. Mm-hmm. That's the best strategy going forward. That's that's a it's it's time tested. Anybody will tell you that that that's the best strategy going forward is buying stocks and just leaving it alone. Like when mm-hmm. you're that fiddling and stuff, it's okay to trade options, mm-hmm. you know, or trade like a small amount of your money on on things. But most of your money should be in long term investing. Mm-hmm. And do you have someone that manages? Or do you do it for yourself? So I mean, I'm I got my uh, my retirement accounts mm-hmm. are, are managed, gotcha, but uh, my gotcha. other accounts just pure investment. I manage that myself. Got you. And by the way, none of this is financial advice. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do all your own research, yeah, all your not. own education. <laughs> We're just sharing our perspective and opinion. Um, what would be some places that you would recommend for people to get educated? Right. I mean, there's so much to learn. Obviously, you can start with the Latin Wealth Podcast. You can start with Chestnut Checkered. Uh, platform, um, Armando's platform, but what would be some places that you go out and you find your information? So the thing about now is that we live in an age of, of, of easy information. It's mm-hmm. all over the place. If you're willing to do the work, it's on YouTube. There's Investopedia is a good resource. 
Uh, there's all this information out there. If you're willing to, to, you know, just set aside some time during the week and just look it up. There's a ton of great books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, sometimes I go to Barnes and Noble and I just I read a lot of even beginner stock books because sometimes it'd be like one or two things like, oh, man, that's a great perspective or way that they put it. So I'll go in there and read some, you know, I've been in this for 12 years and I'll still read some beginner stock books just to, you know, get a different perspective or maybe mm-hmm. something that I missed. So that's a good, uh, that's a good, op- you know, there's a, a lot of information. Like I mm-hmm. said, is that I like to read. Some people mm-hmm. don't like reading. There's right. audio books out there. So there's just so much information. If you're willing to set some time apart in your life and just study and just like you do any other subject, mm-hmm. you, it's easy to learn. It's not as hard as it appears. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about, for the people that don't know, how did you get into the stock market? Oh yeah, so this is how I got into the stock market, right? So, uh, so when I had my first job out of college, and it, this is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and this, I'll tell you the whole story because this is how I got better at stocks, right? So, the, when I first, the first time I, I get in, I, so I get a job. In, I was a software engineer. I still am a software engineer at heart. So, <laughs> but uh, so I get out of school with computer science. So I, I, I get a job. So uh, they put me. They walk me when I first day I'm working. They walk me to my cubicle. And this is older dude in front of me. He's like sixty or something, and like, and I'm sitting behind him in the cubicle, and I see him all day. Like he, he had another friend too, and that's mm-hmm. all they would talk about. He'd run over to the desk, talk about these things. I didn't know what they. I heard of them. I didn't know what the stocks were. Like I knew what they were, but I didn't like. I, I thought there was like rich people did. Like you and know, when was this? This was in two thousand six or seven. Okay, got you. So I, him is it was two older dudes, and they just were talking to each other about these things. So I started going to lunch with them, mm. even though I was like twenty. What? 24, I was like 25 at the time. They were like over 50. Mm. And so, and I realized what they were doing. They were making all this money. And I was like, okay. So I just started hanging around with them, even though it looked weird or whatever, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. I was so much younger than them. I didn't care. No, that's the and, gem right there. I know. Get around people that are doing something you want to do. Exactly. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, it's a good point. Is that, so I got around these dudes. That's all they talked about was stock, 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 stock. And I just got around them and I just picked it up. Right. I picked up a lot of this stuff just from being around them, derivatives and options and whatever. And I would just watch them. Now I started trading stock. And when you start trading, you start talking to them about it too. And then looking at stocks and looking at the fundamentals, looking at the technicals and all mm. this stuff. And over that two year period, I just learned a lot about stocks. Mm. Right. And then further down my career, I, I worked for, I, I, I actually founded a company. It's called iStock Pick. Right. Mm. And we won a, a few awards for it. One was the Benzinga. We won honorable mention there. And that, that's, that company is that. Uh, it it predicted the movements of stocks, right? Mm. So I worked with a development team to develop all that, taking all the data and try to predict, you know, certain stocks in the movement. So I learned a lot about stocks in that, right? So that first experience and that that software experience has made me, you know, understand mm. stocks on a different level. So you, you know? said that that company they they predict the stocks for you. I mean, how? Like, it it would it? predict the move. It, were, the it, was, it was momentum. So yeah. it would predict momentum. Uh, yeah, based on certain indicators mm-hmm. and based on just certain, uh, it's basically now AI. We had an AI engine in there, and it just tried to predict where stocks were going. Right, it wasn't always right, but it was like seventy eight percent right, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, and we were gonna create, we were gonna create it like so it would auto trade and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. But it's another company bought that yeah. algorithm, and then it was over. But <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that was a platform that you guys would use to coincide like your own research. Maybe yeah, you use that like, yeah. okay, it's kind of That's telling. what you use it for. Okay. Yeah. It's not, not to, not to yeah. solely rely on it. No, you don't solely rely on it. Right, so right. what it would do is send out alerts. People would subscribe and it would send out alerts and say, Hey man, this stock has 80% potential to continue mm-hmm. going forward mm-hmm. or continue on to this point. And then you, they, you don't, you take that and you do your own due diligence and you make a decision. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So fast forward a little bit now to where you're at. You got your platform. You're teaching people how to do the same. 
Um, what are some common mistakes? I know you mentioned a couple in the beginning, but the common mistakes that you see people reach out to you for, maybe they send you a DM or a text and you're like, yo, what is this person thinking? You know, what would, you know, some of those things that they ask that you can help pr like prevent other people. The, the biggest mistakes. thing, the, the biggest, I'll tell you the biggest thing. I don't know if it's actually a trading mistake, but it's that people fall for scams really easily, mm. easily in stocks and crypto and everything. And I'm going to tell you why it's because of lack of understanding, right? You have to be, you have to understand what a realistic return is, mm. right? So I'm going to tell you this is that if you, if I had a mutual fund right now and I could return 10% a year, every year, and I've been doing it for 10 years, it would be so many people trying to get into my fund that I have to shut people down. You know, 10% is a very good return. But a lot of times, especially now, the people are getting a lot of these big returns and options stuff. They think that that's nothing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what it does, it creates an unrealistic expectation of what return should be. So now you don't, you don't understand that 10, 50% is a good return. You mm -hmm. don't understand that if you get 25% a year, 30%, that's ex exceptional. If you get a hundred percent return on the stock, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's why people get scammed is that like these on Instagram and on social media is very, very prevalent. Somebody will approach you and say, Hey, you give me a thousand dollars, and by Friday I'm give you five thousand back, mm. or or not better off. You give me a thousand dollars, I'm give you ten thousand dollars by Friday, right? And so many people fall for this scam because to them that's realistic. I mean, everybody around me is doing it. Mm. It's, it that's unreal. I'm gonna tell you why it's unrealistic, right? So let's say I had a thousand dollars today, and I and I and I had the ability to flip that money out ten times, right? So why would I need you at all? Mm. Because all I would do is I take that thousand. It'd be by Friday, and every week I could do you know ten times, right? First week I got ten thousand. Second week I got a hundred thousand. Third week I got a million. Fourth week I got ten million. The fifth week I got a hundred million. Sixth week I got a billion. Seventh week I got a, a ten billion. Eighth week I got a hundred billion. The ninth week I'm a trillionaire. Mm. Two weeks in one uh, to what? Two months in a week. So why would I need investors? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. That, that's a burden. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I got to send these people a message. That's, what I, that, that's one of the biggest things that people, you have to understand what a real, if somebody can make that much money, mm -hmm. they would not need you at all. They wouldn't right? need you. Yep, yeah. Yep. So that's the biggest thing is people get ripped off because they don't understand. The second thing is just controlling your emotions. When you actually do do the trade yourself, you just got to control your emotions. Fear and greed is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. So when stocks go up, you get greedy and hold on too long. Fear comes on, you sell too fast. Mm. So those are the two emotions you got to learn to control. So it's, I mean, it's easy for us to say right now to control your emotions, but what are some of the things that you do in that moment while you're trading the stocks to actually control your emotions? Like what are some of the things that you recommend to people out there? Uh, so conditional orders are good. What a conditional order is, is like an autom automated order. Mm -hmm. uh, so that what that does, for example, let's say I buy a stock at $10, and I'm saying, look, man, I make a I make a decision right now. That's another point is that you should have an exit strategy when you go into a stock. Mm, so that's important. That's a very important, right? And that's any even a, you you know you've ran businesses before. Even as a business owner, you yeah. should have that. Right, right. If I have right. a business, how's right. this going to end? Like, how am I going to get out of it? How am I going to convert this to money one day? Because if you don't, you're constantly trying to make decisions every day. You don't. You're not building towards anything. But it's the same thing with stocks, is that. If I buy a stock today at ten dollars, what what's the plan for this? You got to already have it when you start, and that's what stops the emotions. Is that I already have this plan, so if it drops to five dollars, I'm going to sell it. Mm -hmm. When it drops to fifteen, I'm going to sell it, and make money. If it drops mm -hmm. to uh, like I said, drops to five, I'm going to sell it and control my losses, regardless. So that that plan is already in place. So when it happens and those things happen, you make them mm -hmm. right. So now the emotions are not included, are not involved. Now if you don't have an exit strategy at first, what happens is that every day you wake up. 
The stock's at 11. Now, should I buy or sell? Mm. I don't know. Now it's at 12. Well, I don't know, man. Should I, every every second actually that you see that, that stock ticking, you're making decisions. Should I buy or should I sell? And when you have so many decisions to make, one of these times you're going to make a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can put in limit orders and whatever, yeah. right? So you can, can you explain that a little bit more? So you can use what's called conditional orders, mm -hmm. right? So like instead of me having to press the button at 15 if it goes up or I press the button at, you know, or put my order in at $5 when it goes down, mm -hmm. I can say, look, man, I'm put a stop loss. Mm -hmm. Buy this stock at $10 and immediately after, I'm going to say, look, if it drops to five, automatically sell it. So that order sits there in the system and waits for that, to add, that condition to happen. So once it reaches $5, it automatically sells your stock and stops you from taking further losses. On the other side, I can say, look, uh, if it goes to 15, I'm up 50%, sell my stock and get rid of it. So now it's the same thing, as it waits for the condition. You put the order out there, it's waits, waits, and waits. And then once the stock hits 15, it automatically sells it, you got your cash, and you're out of the stock. Right? Mm -hmm. and there's a lot more advanced ones too. One's called a trailing stop. And what that one does mm -hmm. is that instead of hitting a solid number, it follows the stock up. Like say, for example, let's say you put it at uh you put you bought the stock at 10, goes to five, you put a trailing stop in. So now as that stock goes up, it follows it up. So as soon as it turns around or comes down, it sells it. So mm -hmm. you get as much profit by also and you also reduce the risk. There's a lot more different types of conditional. There's just three of the uh, most popular ones. Right, right. So um you mentioned earlier in the beginning, you said not to really take advice from people texting you, you know, different stocks to invest in. So what about like Reddit, what about like Twitter and whatnot? What about these platforms that a lot of our people may be on and maybe they're looking at to get advice from? What would you say to the people out there? What do you say about, you know, the whole Reddit craze and whatnot um, and, and even Twitter and even social media in general, really? It's nothing wrong with that. It's mm -hmm. just that you, that's just one of your tools. Yeah. You know, one of your resources. You know, it's nothing wrong with getting it because I've done that. I'm getting, you know, oh man, everybody's yeah. talking about on Reddit. Maybe yeah. it's going to go up. <laughs> you one, know? one of your resources. One of your resources. Yeah. yeah don't yeah. just go by Reddit. But if you look at something and you, you know, you know, do your own research and say, well, this is a good decision. So yeah, they talked about it on Reddit, but now I'm going to make this decision based on, uh, you know, that's one thing that mm -hmm. I'm going to add to my, you know, use to make my decision. And I'm going to, you know, do two or three more things and I'm going to make a decision like that. So just use it as a resource. Absolutely. Um, what else? What else are we missing in this introduction? I mean, we covered a lot so far. Is there anything else that you, you wanted to speak on, you wanted to touch on? No, I would just say, uh, you know, just like, like we, what we talked about is that we talked about what stocks were. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about your know, times and how the market works. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about a little bit about, um, you know, conditional orders. We talked about platforms you can use. I think that uh, we basically covered the beginnings, right? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, we did. I'm curious. Back in the day, how did walk me through how they traded stocks like back in the days? I'm talking about like the 80s instead. Like, <laughs> so I was about to say, you're talking about the 80s or yeah, the 20s? Yeah, like, what were they doing back? Even back then, what were they walking through? What were they doing? No, nah, so then? back in the 20s, uh, and the, the thing, the crazy thing is, is that the uh, the system is the exact same as it always has been. Mm. It's is, always been. Is that like a good this. or bad thing? No, nah, I mean, that's just that's just how it is, I guess. I don't know yeah. if it's good or bad, but that's just how it is. If it don't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, so they just they just converted uh, a physical system into like an electronic system. Yeah. So back in the day, I mean, that's, uh, they had like, you'd have to, um, they had tables set up and you, you know, they would sell stocks. Uh, it'd be more like a physical thing. You, that's like you had to be on the floor. You had to have a representative on the floor mm -hmm. in New York and they would walk up and like talk to the dude at the table and say, mm -hmm. you know, I want to buy this stock and then do would open a big book and then put your order in. Mm -hmm. but that, that order book system is where you put the order, buy and sell orders in and the dude matches the sellers up. Mm -hmm. So that's what we use today. 
It's the same thing. Yeah, like think yeah. about it. back in the day, it was a dude at his table, right? So I walk up and say, hey man, I want to buy one stock of Ford. He's all right, let me open up my book. Well, we got somebody selling at a dollar, somebody else selling at a dollar and a half quarter. I said, oh man, I don't want to pay that much. Well, put my order in for 75. So he writes you down in 75, mm -hmm. waiting for somebody to come along that's willing to sell yours at 75. So I wonder he, how long that would take, how long that transaction would that transaction. Probably a long time. That's crazy. <laughs> so what, what that dude's position is, think about it. What is he doing? He's just matching bars and sellers yeah, up. Yeah. That's it. So fast forward to now, that's all Robinhood is doing. Mm -hmm. Robinhood's not selling you the stock. Their whole point, all they do is match up bars and sellers. Mm. That's it. But it's electronic. is a lot faster. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. So when I buy a stock, it goes out there. They just look for somebody that's willing to buy it for the price that you're selling at or price mm -hmm. that you're buying. That's all they do is match people up. Mm -hmm. That's Robinhood's. Uh, that's what Robinhood does. Yeah, and the the stock market it's it's in New York, correct? Yeah. And have you been there? Uh, yeah, I've been on the floor. Tell us, walk walk us through that. Like, is it is it like what we see in movies? Is it crazy? So, people throwing papers everywhere. <laughs> what I is, was there. For what's that a, experience? I like? was there for an event. It was okay. at night, so okay. I didn't see the actual floor. Like. Uh, while it was going on, but I was on the floor and I was up in, uh, like they have like a lot of, uh, like it's a lot of like record, like, uh, mm -hmm. like news offices up yeah, at the top. Yeah. And I went through a lot of those and stuff wow. like that, but I, but it was, it was at night. It was yeah. like eight o'clock at night. So everything how, was how did it down. feel to be there? It felt pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it felt like, uh, it was like surreal, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause it's something always, you know. And so what are some of those people doing on the floor? Are they doing the same thing or? So I don't, to be honest, I don't know what they do now. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. like I, I knew what they did in like the eighties and seventies. Right. I really don't know what they're doing down there now. I'm, I'm sure it's a, it's just something that I don't understand. But I, I they're doing, I don't know what they're doing anymore. Mm -hmm. So, uh, because I mean, all of it should be electronic, but I'm sure it's a, they're not down there for no reason. Right, right. So absolutely. yeah, so I knew back in the day they were actually making the trades. Mm. That's that's what they were there for. But I don't know if they still do that or if they're. I, I don't really know how that process works. Mm. And do you know why they put it specifically in New York? Uh, because I mean, New York was where all the money was yeah, back yeah. in the day, right? So Wall the thing Street. about uh, the thing about stocks is that uh, people see it as like new stocks have been around for hundreds of years. Mm. Like the first uh, the first stocks that were ever traded in his in history was uh, it was the Dutch uh, the Dutch Trading Company, right? Mm. The East I think it's the East Dutch Trading Company, right? So there was a in it was in they like it was in the the Dutch wanted to create a uh, they were they were. They were sending ships to India to get spices, mm -hmm. right? So it was all these different entrepreneurs back then sending all these different ships, you know, one, sh you know, all small ships, right. this company, that company. That so they all say, hey, man, we're all going over there. Why don't we all put our money together and just get a big ship, a, a, you know, a gigantic ship, and we all just split the profits, mm. right? That was the first concept of a stock. I think it was like in the 1500s. So, so they said, okay, so they all put their money into it, right? So they all received a share of that company. Right. So and then the, the first ship went over, came back. They made a lot of money, a lot of profit. So it was quick. The, soon after, one of the dudes realized, man, I could just sell my my, my share to somebody else. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then within a few years, the, the, that original company had a stock market uh, right at that, you know, near the, the dockyard, like mm -hmm. close to it, where people were actively trading the stocks. Wow. It happened quickly. Right? That's crazy. Yeah, so it was like that's how it stock market. That's how stocks got created. It was mm -hmm. the first ever corporation. That's crazy. That's dope, dope. Well, uh, we want to start to wrap this thing up. We hope that we gave you guys a lot of valuable information, at least an introduction to the stock market. Um, obviously, one of the biggest takeaways from this is you always have to do your own due diligence, your own research. Um, you have to educate yourself. Um, but obviously, there's 
a lot of money to be made in the stock market and there's a lot of money to be lost. So yeah, keep true. that in mind. Um, but it's something that can definitely change your life and it can change the outcome of your, your family's life as well, as well, right? You can create real generational wealth with this. So any last word for the people out there? Yeah, I think we're good, man. I think good, everybody good. got some good information here. Absolutely. Good, good podcast. So on that note, it's your boy Chris and Armando. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. See you guys next week. Peace.